Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way. This is a podcast for serious writers who want to develop their skills in artistry and stand out in a crowded industry by taking intelligent, creative risks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I hold a PhD in literature. I'm the author of uh, numerous books, and I take a very analytical approach to art making, emphasizing both efficiency and experimentation. So uh, I'm here with Jesse Taylor, uh, my a talented up-and-coming writer, <laughs> but also uh, who's been doing some editing on my new book uh, coming out next year. Uh, but you know, best known uh, for being my daughter. Um, and I wanted to talk to Jesse not just you know, partly be for like a real reason, not just because she's my daughter and it's kind of cute, but because um, she, you know she's 18 years old um, right now, about to enter university in less than a month, she'll be going to university. So kind of in that transition uh, phase of life that a lot of people who reach out to me, um, you know, at events or through my website or whatever, are at in a sort of position where, you know, they've got some talent, they've kind of realized by now they sort of have some talent as a writer. Um, and they're kind of in a transition phase, even if they're much older than, uh, you know, Jesse is now. Uh, I, I meet a lot of people who are kind of in a transition phase where they're starting to f- try to figure out more seriously whether or not, and if so, how they want to make writing a part of their life. So I just wanted to kind of, I thought it was just kind of interesting to talk to Jesse um, as sort of an example of the kind of person that I kind of run into a lot. Plus, you know, I just kind of think it'd be fun and interesting. She's a little apprehensive about it because <laughs> she thinks it'll be boring for everybody. Um, but if so, that's, you know, I guess that's my fault, not your fault. But let me ask you this question um, just to kind of, you know, you can ask me any questions you kind of come into your head. But okay. I want to kind of start with like this question, which to you, which is when you hear like me say something like that, like, you know, Jesse's a you know, you have like a lot of talent as a writer, say, uh, like when, when you, when people say stuff like that to you, do you believe it? Like, do you actually feel like you yourself have talent or do you just think it's feel like it's a dad? I think your dad is saying, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm curious to know, like, I, like I want to kind of get your head space a little bit around that. Do you believe you have talent as a writer? I don't know. <laughs> Some days. Some days, yeah. But about when you do feel like you have talent as a writer, like, how does it feel? <laughs> you know, when you write something, you're actually, you know, happy with it or proud of it. Like, what's that experience like for you? It's hard to explain because I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, wrote, I like what I wrote, but I don't. But what's next? Yeah, like, I don't. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, so what? Sure. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of people, this is like why it's interesting to me. Because a lot of people I talk to, well, like even, not just your age too, like, but like, you know, sometimes much older. Because a lot of people come to writing like later on. Haruki, I was just reading The Other Room, uh, Haruki Murakami's uh, first novels. And he started writing when he was 29, 30. You know, he didn't touch, he didn't, he didn't even tr- really do much dabbling to even think about being a writer in any reason the way he tells the story is he was watching a baseball game one day and just was like popped in his head you know i think i could write a novel and it's just like from that point on he was a novelist and he just 
you know, started charging forward. I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but that's kind of like the story he tells. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of people, like later on, they'll kind of come to the realization. But I think, um, like for me, I was very young when I kind of got kind of more seriously interested in it. You, I feel, I, I always tell people, like, I think you have a lot more talent than I ever had. Um, but I think, you, I don't know if you're quite as interested in it exactly. So, but I think you have like your days, you know, where you kind of see more, much more interested in it, if that makes sense. But like, is that something you've kind of, wait, wait, let me ask you a question. When you, when you don't think you have talent, like on the days where you try something and it, you just feel like it's hard or it sucks or whatever, like, what's that like? <laughs> like I don't know, it just feels frustrating. Like, I don't know, I feel annoyed because I know that, like, I have had times where I'm able to actually, like, I don't know, produce something, like, yeah. worthwhile. So then it just sucks and I'm just stuck. And it's like, I can't actually, I don't know, it just, everything sounds, anything I write just sounds basic. <laughs> basic yeah like it's just not matching but you know you've done it like you've had other times yeah you've... that's why well that's I don't know that's why I don't really take it seriously like I feel like I just can I can only write when I'm inspired yeah do you really believe that or is it just how you feel <laughs> do you know do you know the difference like what I mean by that yeah well let me ask you two questions mm. so one like <laughs> what's the question you would like ask you've got like your piece of writing you know that you you're happy with you like it yeah when you have that feeling like well what do i do now like to me that's an interesting feeling for somebody to have and that's where i think you have a lot of kind of an interesting again i see you see, well, see you in an interesting position as a writer because some people like are just well I'm, i did a thing i'm happy i'm done but you've got that kind of thing of like i did it i'm happy but I, i'm not done like you <laughs> like maybe there's a little, another thing so well, I guess like, the question is, no like, what's your question there? No, I don't know. Nobody teaches you how to write or, like, what to do with writing. Sure. Or, like, I don't know. Like, you go to school and you have science fair and you have, um, I don't know, <laughs> sports and whatnot. You have math contests, but, like, there's no... I mean, I guess, like, I don't know, you do, like, a book report once in your life, but, like... No one, I don't know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, there's just nothing, I feel like you're not encouraged as much. Sure. To, to actually like, do something with them. You're like, oh, it's, if you get this cool science idea, it's like you do an experiment and you publish it and you, hmm. or if you're really good at math, you do math contests. You see so like, the path's not so clear in a way. Yeah, like, no one really, or even, even, I mean, and I don't think it's just an artist problem, because, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like, if you paint a pretty picture, they put it on the wall, like, yeah. outside the office and stuff. I don't know, like, I just, I feel like I've never really been taught in school, like, what to do with writing, or how to actually make... Uh, like, like not even, just make something beyond schoolwork, like a, or just hobby. Sure. I don't know. 
if that makes any well, what sense. about with the kind of literary journal that your school did? But like, that was totally student-built. Yeah. Like, that wasn't... Sure. Like, the teachers were helping and participating. I mean, I didn't... That didn't happen until I was in grade 11. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been writing all my life. I've just never... It was always just, like, a hobby. Yeah. So well, I feel like it's still a hobby. Sure. <laughs> well, let me ask you a couple of questions around it. So then, like... I guess, um, what's in your mind the difference between, like, a hobby and not a hobby? Like, like, if you were to kind of take it to a place where it's not a hobby, what do you think, what would that look like in your view? Like, what would it feel like? This is a thing I see a lot. People have the idea that they're not a real writer until X happens. But everybody has a different X, and I'm always interested to know, like, what is the thing that you would feel would make, you a real writer if that makes sense is that how it feels like mm. or is it not i don't know if i have one like i don't know if there's one yeah. specific specific what are the kinds of things like you think about it's recognition yeah money <laughs> sure people reading my stuff outside my parents <laughs> outside my of just boyfriend. me telling you it's good or something. Yeah. yeah sure i don't know so why is it that you haven't pursued that more seriously, do you think? Because you could always, because it's an interesting thing, because you could, you could just always ask me, well, what should I do with this writing? But you don't, which I'm not like, you know, I, I try not to push you too much about the writing stuff. Like I try to be supportive and, you know, help you with it and things. But I always, I don't know if you've noticed, but I always wait for you to ask me because I don't feel like, I think it's that like, if I am, since I am a writer, it's like, I don't want to be like a pushing it on you, if that makes sense. But I want mm-hmm. to be, I've always wanted to be like encouraging of it. So to me, it's like a kind of a weird, well, it's, it's kind of a thing where I don't want to like be pushing it down your throat, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. but I've been, I've tried to be very supportive of it and helpful when I can be. I don't know, like, but it's interesting to me, like, um, it's always interesting to me, like, like, when you come to me and when you don't, and, like, it's, it's kind of, like, about the writing stuff. It's always curious to me. I guess I just don't really, I don't know, I just don't feel that confident in, like, sure. my, in my work. Like, I feel like even if I were to try and send it to someone, like, I don't, I don't feel like it would be taken seriously. Yeah. Do you worry it would be, like, rejected and that would feel bad, for well, example? Not necessarily. I just feel like it wouldn't even be, like, noticed. Yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know, I'm kind of scared. I, or, like, if I if it did, then what? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Everyone, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone just tells like you not to be a writer. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't so, tell you not to be but no, it is but, like a but, thing i know what you feel like i never had any encouragement about being a writer really like yeah. you know like, oh i write and then like, oh that's cute yeah you write poems <laughs> especially poems i think people are very like they don't know what to do with it because it's not really well, even if they've read poems it's not really in their experience necessarily then, i don't know it's like i feel like if i try to build a career in writing I'll just fail miserably and <laughs> live in a box. Why do you think that, though? Because I, 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 I don't know. Because you've seen, like, people can build a career on art. You've seen that people can build, like, a career on writing. You know, it's hard. Um, 
some people do better than others, but like it is like a thing people do, right? You've met people that I know, you know, that are full time artists. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, but they weren't always that no, good, that's right? True. I always use the like even me like I I do a bunch of different things, but like it's kind of all foundationally connected to writing, and like you know even when I teach, it's kind of a offspring of the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not as like. Like, I still have to do, like, quote-unquote, like, what I would call service work connected to the writing. Like, the writing itself isn't necessarily making all the money, which I think is common, actually. People, that's one thing that people don't really understand about writing as, like, um, I guess we should call it a business model. Like, um, if you're a writer, you got two things you can sell. You can sell products and services. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people when they kind of get into like writing professionally say they focus on trying to sell their writing as a product which is usually a bad idea because writing as a product is a hard sell like you can sell it but it's a hard sell that's the kind of writing i really want to do like i don't feel compelled to help people write resumes or yeah to edit papers for people like i don't that's not something I don't hate that stuff, like, I don't know. But, but you mean I, don't like that it just, enough, it yeah. me joy, like, I don't, like, I want to write art, I don't want to. Yeah, sure. I don't want to write ads, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be that kind of a writer, and I feel like it's really hard to solely be an artist. Yeah, I, th- I mean, there's exceptions, but I think it's generally hard to, to almost solely do that yeah in any art field it's kind of hard to solely do one thing like you look at a guy like greg you know gregory kamichik yeah, but i just feel like like he's he's illustrating he's writing he's doing a bunch of things but it also took him a while to get to that point where he was self-sustaining too right yeah like most people have who are successful quote-unquote as independent anythings like entrepreneurs or artists or whatever mm-hmm. they typically have uh, you know multiple what they call multiple income streams <laughs> you know so it's yeah. like they make you know some money off their actual writing but then other things like they're teaching it or yeah doing editing doing maybe business work or other things so what you don't like in some ways is the idea of having like to do all those other things that aren't kind of are, are ancillary mm-hmm. so you're more interested if you were to do it more seriously Just you'd be more interested in doing like aspect. yeah but then, well, then in that case, um, like the one <laughs> one thing people do, like if they have that attitude more, is they'll have yeah. like an, another job, say, but they'll also be doing writing. But even those yeah. people often have to. But like, then, I don't know. I feel like because I mean, and I I like editing. I just I wouldn't want to be doing like tiny little shitty edit stuff. Like, I <laughs> yeah, would yeah. want to be actually editing like real good work I don't know and like how have you enjoyed um doing some of the editing on my uh book well <laughs> so you've been doing I it like big... it it's just like I don't know like it's hard it's harder too cause it's cause it's you <laughs> yeah it's harder so well yeah cause yeah. I can't just be like this fucking sucks <laughs> you kind of do though you said yeah, that a couple but, times <laughs> but yeah I had to push you to kind of say it <laughs> but I feel like I have to 
spare your feelings really more. really around the writing not that I think writing sucks that's not what I mean I just mm. I guess it's your natural inclination to try yeah. to spare my feelings do you think I'm pretty sensitive about the writing like I can be sensitive about things but I don't know if I am about mm. the writing I got a hard shell about not the as writing much as other things <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure I've gotten a hard shell around the writing in particular, I think, mm-hmm. because I just practice it. Well, what I realized, too, you're talking about, you know, what I realized early, it was like um, it's being rejected or like that fear of like sending things to people and like, are they going to take it seriously or whatever? Um, I've, I kind of realized pretty early that um, basically the answer is like, if you're failing, I forget who said it, but somebody once said like, if as a writer you're getting rejected like 90% of the time, then you have a crazily successful career. Like <laughs> to be like not like rejected 90% of the time only is like pretty impressive. So you just kind of like, you kind of have to come into it from that attitude of like, yeah. like it's a numbers game in a way. And, and like the six, you don't have to have everything be very successful. It just feels but it's hard. safer to, I don't know, choose like, a career, <laughs> like quote unquote. Well, it's a good idea in a lot of ways. Like depending on what you're going to do, because well, if you're a writer, if you're trying to do anything like that full time, like the, the, then you're doing it as a business, and now you got to need a business model. Yeah, and well, like if that's it, I don't know, like as an artist, if you're gonna, if you want that to be your career, I don't like obviously being an artist's career. I just mean but it's, it's less laid out. Mm, it's like if that's going to be your career, you have to like really go into it head on, and then there's that fear of like. What if I put my all into this and I don't get anything back? Yeah, and also, how do you and exactly then plan it out? Twenty-five, and I <laughs> like don't have. I don't know. Like I don't have insurance, and like <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's stressful. It's it's very. It can be very <laughs> stressful. And it can be very like difficult. For me, it, like is the thing where I I always like. I always had a hard time with having a boss. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I had a hard time with not being in control of things. And I always like, in some ways, uh, prefer to trade control for like security for control in certain areas. Mm. If you know what I mean? Like not all the time. Cause yes. I, and I do a lot of things I don't necessarily want to do for like money for in terms of like writing and related work. But you know, if I was, when you're young, like you are, um, is when you can kind of take more of those risks. But then, you know, I know what you mean, though. Then you look ahead and you you don't want to be, like, end up in a weird, bad spot where you kind of wish you did things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think... Do you think they should teach you more in school about, like, actual, like, business stuff? Because I think, like, in some ways, like... Like, let's say you're... Because you're also into psychology. Like, let's say you were to go on and become a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you could do in that scenario is like have your own you know practice right yeah um similarly if you were going to decide to take writing seriously and you know focus on that one of the things you could do is you know like again have your own kind of writing business Mm -hmm. but so in both scenarios like a psychology business and a writing business you're in business but yeah. they don't teach you that stuff, like the basics no, of like no. how to run a business or, or even... They don't even teach you how to do taxes. How to do taxes, <laughs> like, yeah. 
know. basic accounting, budgeting. It's tough because they obviously they can't teach you everything, but I don't know. Do you feel like, you know... I feel like they could probably round it out a bit more. Yeah. Do you, um... Uh, have you ever really... I know you, you had... I mean, you, when you, you know, had to work in that literary journal and so on, do you think about ever, like, somebody else reading that journal? Because, of course, like, you know, like, your friends and family are reading it. Like, do you... Like, people beyond that are reading it, right? Do you ever, like... Does that ever pop into your head, like... There's a bunch of people who have read those poems that, like... Like, but your I, grandma... We were just I talking to your great-grandma, and she was talking about how, oh, I like that, you know, book, you know, you read and everything. But she, but she's clearly read... But she read more than just your poem, right? Like, so yeah, there's other people out there who, like, don't know her at all, that they've read... She's read their stuff. And the same is true for you. There's other people, like, that are not your family and not your friends and completely disconnected. Have, like, does that ever cross your mind, that sort of... You probably got a couple hundred people out there who read that that don't have a clue who you are. Yeah, I guess it's weird, but I, I don't, I don't see that as oh they read it because they want to read my work. They yeah, read yeah. Because their kid, sure, his work was in like a little cute little book in their high school. Like, I feel like I was still wouldn't be really taken seriously because it's just like a collage of. I mean, like it's like a mm-hmm. book. It's just. It's a context. Kind of just a collage of, you know, like some kids' artwork. Like, so I feel like it's. I mean, like it's not going to show up in a bookstore type thing. Like, it's just. Have you thought about um, like submitting some of your stuff to like a like a real literary journal or? Something like a website that publishes, like an online journal or anything like um, that. Well, I don't know how to use a website, so <laughs> yeah, you know that one. Jesse, we can't. Really. Jesse's I've got a website. On, I put stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Um. You should set your website up with you know one of these yeah. days. <laughs> Jesse's at jessetaylor.ca if you want to go there. I don't. There's nothing really don't there right now. Yet. Don't he go there. Something embarrassing <laughs> on it. I think I took it off, but like you know, did I put something embarrassing on it? It was like. I bought my daughter. Oh, website. that's right. For a while, I just said, like, I, I bought my daughter website. It's like when you get those t shirts, like, like, I went to Wisconsin, or my mom went to Wisconsin, <laughs> bought me this shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's like the website version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought of submitting stuff to a journal, but I. You talked yourself I've, out of it? I've, I just, I don't know. All the. At least the few, I, the few I've looked at, like, they wanted you to send, like, four to six poems. Yeah. And, like, I feel like I don't have four to six that are really good. Sure. I, I think, think I have two that are really, I don't know, only three. But those ones I put in the, the literary journal. So I feel like I can't. Yeah, technically, you, you mean, for the most part, somebody would consider them published. Like, they are yeah. they are published, right? Not really. They are. It doesn't feel like, like it's you. It's like the equivalent of making like an Apple photo album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, sure. Like it's up. It's published technically. Well, okay. I see what you mean, but I think you're minimizing it a bit. But but I but I understand what you're saying. You you feel it's a different context because you haven't been selected from people you don't know and like is there's, well, there's a I whole. Was literally, well, I mean, not the first year, but like no, but second year so like, I mean, so. Do you, um, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that makes it tough when you're young, like you are, is you have like, you know, 
even if you've been doing a lot of writing, you've only got probably a small amount of things you really like and really think, you know, I hit it with these ones. Mm-hmm. And when, when and one of the th- problems that I see a lot is in that sort of scenario, because people have very few actual pieces they've done to their satisfaction. Yeah. They've really invested in those pieces. And like, there's a way in which in addition to like it being a poem you wrote, it symbolizes your writing. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever have that <laughs> feeling? And so if somebody were to reject it or like, it yeah. feels like they're, it feels like something bigger than the one piece. But if you've written like a thousand poems or something, like I've got, I've written thousands of poems. So that like there's ones I like more than others, but at a certain point you're not there's so invested in a single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, well, there's more where that came from. Like, like I've lost stuff in computer crashes and it's, you know, it's frustrating and upsetting, but it's like, well, I could do that another one. Like you, at a certain point you kind of, I don't feel that way. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's hard when you're younger. And that's why I, I always know, advise like, people just to do more stuff. Like, quantity is more important than quality when you're young. It sounds weird, but, like, you got to kind of move to... Yeah. You can do still do quality work. You've done some really quality work. But, like, you kind of have to move to focus on quantity when you're young. Quantity, because then it just yeah. feels like shit. Yeah, but most of it is going to be shit. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, you got to... I mean, you don't have to, but, like, if you want to, like, if you decide you want to do it a bit more seriously, like, at a certain point, it really helps to get comfortable with writing shit because yeah. eventually, like, you can polish that into something that's good. But it's hard when you don't have anything. Like, people, you know, they overinvest in, like, mm-hmm. having a polished piece in front of them. And that a lot of th- feels more successful. What is more? Yeah, it does. I mean, and, and in the long run, you want to have polished, good pieces. Mm-hmm. But you got to kind of be willing to... F- you know be you gotta kind of be willing to live in that middle space for a bit where you're writing a bunch of stuff and then like some of it you're gonna abandon and some of it you're gonna take forward and you're kind of you know i feel like people don't really read poetry poetry is a hard story and i know a few people that do but most like my friends don't read poetry yeah I have maybe one friend that reads poetry. Like, I don't... I was talking to a writer about this the other day. I feel like it's just kind of like a dying art. <laughs> I mean, in the market, it's kind of a dead yeah. art. But, like, it's not... A, I mean, I don't know. There's been, like, some really... Well, you know, Rupi Carr and other people have been very mm. successful yeah. with it. But oh. but for the most part, like, for the most... I mean, nothing against the, her or, or people mm. like that who are doing that kind of work. But, like, for the most part, their audience is not readers. Well, it's like they happen no, to read that readers. one book, they're just... but they're not readers of poetry. They read that poetry book. You know what I mean? And then they're like, poetry. So yeah. They're like, oh, poetry sucks. Or it's like, wow, it's so inspirational. And then like, that's their <laughs> idea of poetry. Yeah. It's just quotes. But, you know, <laughs> that's where it's like a it's thing. It's like writing which quotes down. I had this person who's talking to me. They're asking me, like, what, how do I market my poetry book? They're like, I need to know, like, I've got this poetry book. How do I market it? The poetry book was all about, um, like, basically sisters that had been estranged and separated for a long time and then kind of can reconnect again That's later cool. in life. Yeah, so it's kind of a neat idea. And I was, she's like, but I don't know. I've been having a hard time getting, like, attention for it and so on. How do I, like, how do I market it? Like, the printed question of how do I market it? And my answer is, like, a weird answer, which is, like, you sh- you know, you, you got to kind of focus on... There's a, there's a guy named Dan Blank who wrote an interesting book called Be the Gateway. Is his name actually Blank? I don't know if it's his real name, but it's... But, yeah, Dan Blank is mm-hmm. the name he publishes under anyway. 
Um, but anyway, he, it's uh, his point in there, I think, is a very valid in the book is a very valid point, which is that if you're in the business of art making in some way, you want to really it's, it, it's easy to fall in the trap of I would need to like sell my poetry book, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. and like I need to find ways to sell but more books. But no, but not if really. That's your, but if that's your career, like that is ultimately well, your goal is to. But maybe that, know, like but ultimately isn't living. your goal to create an experience for that person. Like his his point yeah. is like her. Re, uh, so I was saying this woman but like you, your real goal. <laughs> but, but yeah, but in some way, but do they like you could just give it to them? Like that's like in many ways, like her real goal ultimately is like to get people, um, like to kind of connect people and change people's perceptions and do other things like around this experience of like, um, that you know I think it's called sororal estrangement. Um, uh, I forget the precise term for that thing, but so in some ways, like. If like if you she were to think through her goals a bit more fully, uh, I suspect it would be more along the lines of, like it could be accomplished by like, doing a talk, and like mm-hmm. uh, like an event, and like doing things related to that topic, and then like the poetry is kind of in there. Yeah. You know, like it, again, like now you're in a kind of a weird speaking business or something, and maybe you don't want to be in that, but like poetry is a product, is a bad product. <laughs> because people don't want to buy it. Even if they value it, they don't want to pay money for it. It's kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing in the culture now. Um, but at the same time, like, it is, like, of, like, quote-unquote value, like, in terms of, like, an experience. Like people just don't even value literature anymore. I think it's, like, less... It, really, I mean, it depends like, on the person, right? But you, yeah, you certainly, but it's just, certainly a niche product in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know... People don't see the value in... But some people do. Like, why is this book? Why is this book? (laughs) Thirty dollars. I know. Is that something? Like they just see this paper. Yeah. Like I don't know. Really, like thirty dollars is a great investment. Like you know, you take how long? How long is a book going to entertain you, and so on? But I I bet even I like have a hard time paying thirty bucks for a book sometimes. You know. Yeah. And look at how much I, you know, I do it. But like, I yeah, it's a weird cultural thing. But it's like a, mm-hmm. I think it's where, where again, like in some ways, you have to retrain yourself and also an audience to think around like, what's this book as an experience? What's it worth for you as a, like a thing that's going to change your life in some way? Versus, you know, here's a paper thing and there's an E one that's cheaper and so on. Like people get too caught up in the like thinking in that those terms. It's kind of a hard but thing to get out of though. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to like, um, even if you were going to do it as like a main career or anything, but if you were to, you know, take it a little more seriously, how do you feel it would look, that would look like for you? Like, you ever flirt with the idea of like, like, I, you know what I always say, like, you should, you know, just have a schedule and you should write on a schedule. Yeah. Wait, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, you obviously, um, do you think I'm wrong? It's hard when you live at home. Hard, yeah. Because... You don't really get, I mean, you do have your own schedule, but you don't, not everything's on your terms. Sure. Like, I have, I don't know. I mean, I do have a lot of independence, so it's not, like, I'm totally, like, not able to do anything I want, but I just, it's just, it's harder, like, you can't be, like, 
no one talk to me yeah. for the next four <laughs> yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just not really acceptable when you live at home. Do you feel like um, you need those big blocks of time to do, like, quote-unquote real writing? Yeah. Yeah? I just, because of my, like, attention span. Yeah. Personally. Because it's so fragmented, you well, think? Well, I can't, or like, I can't It takes sit. a long time. I mean... I mean, like, four hours is a stretch, but I just... I but you know what you mean? Like... You want a focused stretch? Yeah, like, I can't... I can't just... It's like me with studying. Like, I can't just study for 20 minutes. I need 20 minutes to get focused. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll study for an hour or whatever. Sure. Like, it's just... Have you thought it's of... Hard to, it takes, like, at least 10 minutes to get into the mindset of like camera right now it is a tricky thing i find like one of the hardest things for people is to you know create that space or that time because you know Mm -hmm. like you say even if you're totally willing to do it like you often have all these competing factors i always offer the solution of like you know you have two schedules so you have like your writing schedule that you want to try to keep you know what I do in class I have people make a schedule like I talk about how important it is to have a writing schedule I go through all the science of it and everything and et cetera, et cetera. then I you know say have you know sit down and make a schedule for their week that they're gonna mm-hmm. do and then they you know I give them a couple minutes to put the schedule together and then I tell them okay now take that piece of paper Tossed it in the trash <laughs> because nobody will allow yeah. life will not allow you to have that yeah, schedule like, like that's your ideal schedule like, yeah. and then i have to make a second schedule and the schedule that the second one is the hell week schedule and what i say is like imagine now that you instead of that ideal scenario you where all these magical things were happening and angels were allowing you to do whatever <laughs> you wanted uh imagine it's absolute hell you know you you know, you, you're stressed, you've got exams, you've got your boyfriend just dumped you, you know, like all this trash, you know, is going on in your life. Your life is a dumpster fire. In that week, when could you reclaim, what time could you still get in that, that week just for yourself, just mm-hmm. to take a break from all the shit, you know, just to kind of, you know, have that little what's like the this minimum amount you you could commit to that amount if nothing else you know even if it's only 15 minutes a day or like half an hour every two days or something and i have them do like this hell week schedule like what's the minimum like where you know it's small enough that you could do it because people always feel like they need those long stretches and it does help but then a lot of times when you get those long stretches you'll find you waste most of it right you can see you'll That's spend true. 20 minutes getting focused. <laughs> yeah. um, and and the other thing that will, people will find is if you do, like, kind of write in the margins of your life, like, you know, like if you have that little tiny space of, like, 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes, even just that, that tiny space, it feels bad and it feels fragmented, but it really does add up in a way, you know. And um, it's you can get a surprising and shocking amount done, and you can like kind of train yourself over time. Mm-hmm. But even like, um, uh, but like the most important thing I tell people is is the schedule. It's not how long it is, or how yeah. often it is. Even it's just to have like a regular, you know, creative practice. Mm-hmm. Whether you're going to try to be professional about it or not, like just have that creative space for yourself. 
mm-hmm. and just making it, but making it like a small enough thing you can maintain it even when everything's a disaster. And then you can always go above that, you know. But like having that thing, I really believe in that because I've seen it work. You know, when my life's falling apart, like to have just that little ground of like even fifteen minutes in the worst yeah. day, or whatever. Because it does like give you, especially writing is like. You know, especially if you're going to write a poem or something where it's not necessarily, you know, going to change your life to, like, you know, make a million dollars off this poem or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, there's not necessarily that pressure on it in the same way, like, sometimes people feel for other things. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's usually, like, a good time, like, thing to kind of, like, I find, like, when I get really, really busy and stressed out, um, the worst thing I can do is stop my schedule, because yeah. then everything has totally spun out of control. Like, whereas sure. if I just keep that schedule, like, at least I kept this schedule. <laughs> you see, if everything's, if, even if I feel bad, I'm still like going through the motions of being, of feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, you kind of catch up to yourself in a way. I don't know. What, are, what Do you have any questions for me about like anything related to like, quote unquote, being a serious writer? <laughs> You know, or like uh, even just any questions about writing, you've maybe just, you know, not asked me for any re- any reason, maybe pop into your head. I don't know. Why, <laughs> why don't you ask me more questions about writing? I don't know. I'm curious. You do ask me sometimes. I mean, we may have, you know, done a lot of writing stuff with you, but I was always interested in like when you do and don't kind of get more into it it's kind of curious I find you a fascinating figure mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you know what I mean uh, it's a question you've always about that. <laughs> yeah. um, I just don't get how people do it like in a like how do you write so much stuff I don't get it how do I actually do it yeah like, I just how do it. Do you, but like, how? Well, okay. The, the, there's a couple of tricks. So one is having a schedule. You know, no matter what it is, and it'll have to change. Like every once in a while, I have to change it around and stuff. But like just having like a regular time, a regular yeah. commitment. The other thing is honestly is tracking. Is I have like tricks around the schedule. So like a really simple thing that I do is like. Um, I'm really, really big believer in like you, you eliminate, you kind of analyze all the things that are preventing you from writing and you just eliminate as many as possible all the way from like the big things. Like, you know, you feel, um, uh, I don't know, big things like you're just, uh, uh, anxiety ridden every time you sit down to write. Well, Mm -hmm. you go, you know, deal with your anxiety in some way all the way down to like the smaller things like my computer takes too long to turn on <laughs> and yeah. so my idea is gone so like you know you set or i sit down i don't know what i'm going to write well then i'll like try i'll like think like the day before what am i going to write tomorrow you know and i'll write it down on a piece of paper or something just so that i'm not like like doing a little yeah, bit of planning like that, that sometimes but then i don't know if it's something like an essay, that kind of works. But usually, if it's like a singular idea, it's not always great. It the other thing is just to break the idea down or break the project down. Or like I'll write down something I want to write about, and then when I actually get to it, I don't want to write about that thing. Sure. 
yeah but that's a lot of that's then you just move on to something else like yeah how i how you write a lot of stuff is you just kind of i mean there's a couple ways to do it the ideal scenario which you know again you never really have is the ideal scenario is you know you have a scheduled time you have a project already that you're doing you sit down you do x amount of, you decide in advance like a quota of how much mm-hmm. you want to do like you know if you want to write fifty thousand words by november the 4th you have to math out how much you do every day and every yeah. all that stuff it's hard to do that all the time uh, because you know so many things in the way but like the ideal scenario the thing is like just to treat like any other job people get um i'm really a big believer in just you know you treat it like digging ditches <laughs> even though you know you appreciate the kind of more abstract or you know in quote-unquote inspirational like aspects of it like there's more artistic side to, like you pay a lot of attention to that in my view mm-hmm. um and it's important to like really attend to those kind of abstract weird creative urge things but i think as you're doing that um you have to really just break down the practicality of it as far as possible and like really think through like you know how can i just make it a normalized like a normal part of the day and a normal part as opposed to viewing it as a thing that i can only do in under certain conditions mm-hmm. like there's certain conditions where i would like to do it under those conditions and i try to get to them but Otherwise, just kind of remove the friction. Like, what's the minimal thing? You know, to me, the minimal thing is I need to have a computer um, because I can't read my own writing and I don't like to write by hand. Yeah. But, like, I need to have the computer. It has I to be like on. To write by hand. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know a lot of people who prefer to write by hand, you know. I guess I just, I don't know. I guess I just worry, like, I won't, I won't feel as special. <laughs> like, it won't feel as as much of like this special thing which is like stupid but like well, sometimes do it, it does but sometimes it doesn't but yeah if you do it all the time it just like everything else you do all the time like most of the time it just is like a normal thing and then sometimes it's really special yeah but um, but what's the difference like the thing is like even though it'll mostly feel like a normal thing it'll still feel special more often than it does when you don't do it very often does that make True. sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to think. People don't, like, that's the thing. Like, you, you, when, you, when you get more normalized, so you still have those moments that are really wonderful. But then you have other moments where you just feel like trash and you feel like it sucks and you hate it. But you're still getting things done. And, yeah. and the thing that I've noticed is when you go back, like, a week later and you look back at, like, all the stuff you wrote the previous week, you can't tell what felt horrible and what felt brilliant and fun. You know? You, you've got all this, yeah. like, you can't tell afterwards. Like, in the, in the moment, it feels one way, and that's just how you're feeling in the moment. Later on, when you've got all this stuff that you like or don't like, you can't tell a difference. And so, uh, like, there's a, I think there's a value in kind of chasing the dragon in the sense of, like, chasing, like, the, quote, you know, the creative high of, you know, mm-hmm. of when it's good. But, you know, you just kind of increase your possibility for that the more you do it. Yeah. just keep pursuing it in a as a practice it's like mm-hmm. you know when well your boyfriend uh used to play was playing football for a while there and like when you play those like football they'll play like what 13 games in a year <laughs> you know but there's practicing every day yeah and that's really what it is like you're you're just kind of doing it and do over and over and over again but then so those big game days 
Huh? <laughs> he said he'll never listen to this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, those those game days is what you're doing it for, right? Those, those moments where it's really yeah. hitting. Because otherwise what happens is you have those big ideas. You get that big inspiration, and you can't. You fumble the ball. Uh-huh. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because you haven't practiced. That's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah. That's what I find. So I, I really think, like, you don't want to... That's where, again, like, I think it's... It's sometimes like if you want to take it more seriously often it's a good idea to kind of take it less seriously in a way of like you know just try to make it a normal thing that you do mm-hmm. and not worry so much about am I going to make a big career out of this because when you start to think that way you paralyze yourself and you yeah. also like start to make marketing decisions like like you'll th- do things like you're writing a novel say and you're like well I'm going to do this thing. Like I see it all the time. People will say like, instead of like someone reaches in the fridge and they grab a pop and instead of writing Coca-Cola, because some, maybe some readers are Pepsi drinkers, (laughs) they'll Uh write soda or something, you know? And it's like, nobody wants to read about pop. They want to read about Coca-Cola, vanilla Cokes, you know, like they want specific details. They want an evocative world. They want, you know, they don't want this generic thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. like when once you start to think in the business mindset of marketing in terms of the writing itself, you you start to make like weird decisions like, oh, I won't name the city, I won't give the person a name. I instead yeah. of like being a instead of writing about my dog that I love, I'll write maybe maybe your dog, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is I'll write in the second person because it's your dog. Like they'll make weird decisions like that that kind of like don't make a lot of sense for the piece mm-hmm. because they're kind of wrapped up in the head of like a marketing person's head. I think it's like really helpful to separate, like to normalize a creative practice, just kind of do it as much as you can in, you know, and, and don't get, and just do it like the minimum that you, like the minimum conditions, you know, like I need 10 minutes and a piece of paper and a pen. And, you know, that's all I need. And maybe I can <laughs> yeah. only do like, you know, maybe I can't do a whole lot in that period, but I'll do that every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try to do more, but that's my minimum. And then the other thing I think that is really useful to do, especially when somebody's starting out, is to really separate out, like to have a separate time, a separate scheduled time that's totally separate where you're making what I would like to call business decisions. So like in this totally separate scheduled time, like every week on Fridays afternoons for like 30 minutes, I go research send things to literary journals like i take all that stuff i wrote like two weeks ago or whatever yeah and i send it out and uh, you know and you just kind of have like that separate kind of regular thing where you're you're learning i'm reading a book about or i'm then i'm working on my website or whatever as Mm -hmm. opposed to like what people tend to do is they'll either be working on the business stuff all the time because now they're in marketing mode and then just knowing the hell out of their friends and all their followers and everything, because all they're doing is selling their <laughs> books and trying to get you to click on their link or whatever. Um, and they're not doing any writing anymore because they're in marketing mode. And the whole thing that made them like, like got them a book, a deal or whatever it is. Now they're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many people who never do a second book because they finally realized their dream of putting a book out. And then they're, now they're paralyzed. They can't. <laughs> it doesn't live up to their expectations somehow. Right. And so, you know, they didn't sell as many cars as they thought or whatever. But like, that's the wrong way to think about it. You know, yeah. you got to kind of. Pass that. Um, yeah, especially if you're trying to make money off it, like mm-hmm. I am. You know, cause, but I, 
my decision I made earlier was like, I'm not going to, um, like my quote unquote business doesn't depend on book sales. Like I, like I'll get more money to read from the book for 15 minutes than like to write the book half the time. Depends what it is, but like, you know, other things I've made more money to write it and stuff. But like, I feel like in that scenario, it's often like, if you kind of have a separate time where you're doing all these things from the artistic time where you're really pursuing, you know, the thing you love, you can kind of keep the work risky and dangerous and, you know, you can do all the kind of interesting things you want to do and you can be doing stronger work. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also you're not neglecting like getting your work out there in some way. I think it's important to do both, especially because you want to get used to being rejected. (laughs) You know, I was, I, I have my, I'm marking assignments still right now and I give them a bonus mark if they send their, their final assignment in the class to a literary journal and they prove to me they sent it. Um, and, you know, of course they'll get rejected, but, uh, you know, it's good to get over the hump of like, I like what, you know, Gregory always says, uh, Gregory Kamichigal says about how his goal is to collect one rejection every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he gets something that's not rejection, great, but his goal is the rejection. You know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of thinking in terms of, you're just your your job is to do the work and to shove it out in the world. You know you don't get to control what happens to it after that point. Yeah. And you know that's in some ways not your concern. Like it is and it isn't, but you know. <laughs> a little bit. Your it's a little bit concern, <laughs> but yeah. But, but you know, I don't know what uh, what do you think would make? Uh, maybe just like another question or two, and then we'll. And I'll call it a night. But like, what do you think would, um, um, like when you think, do you have any goals as a writer or do you not even, do you know what I mean? Have you ever thought about like um, having a goal of some sort? I mean, there are, there are things, right? <laughs> like, oh, that'd be cool. Like what? To do, but I don't, I haven't really made goals. Sure. I don't know, like, it'd be, it'd be cool to publish a book, yeah. <laughs> obviously, like, Why not make that a goal? Like, what would prevent you from, say, making an actual goal I, and moving towards the goal? Because <laughs> sure. then I could not reach it. Which, like, is lame, but I don't know. I've, well, I, most I'm people don't publish books. I'm very much that person where it's like, if I make a goal for myself... I have to do it or I feel yeah. totally defeated. <laughs> but does it have to have a timeline on it? I My goal was I wanted to publish a book by the time I was 30, and I just barely did it. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't done it, it wouldn't have ruined my life. You know, most people don't publish. A lot of people don't publish books until after they're 30. Like, that's still young. I mean, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people do it quite young now. but Well, not necessarily, but, you know, it's everyone's different, right? But, um... Do you feel like, you know, why not make a goal and not attach a time to it exactly? I think it's good to attach times to things. But, uh, but like, here's the way I always say it. Like, people, like, if you would told me, if you were a person who was, like, coming to me for advice as a, you know, paying me for my advice, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, you said to me, my goal is to publish a book, I would say that's a bad goal. <laughs> and the reason is because you can't control 
well, unless you're going to self-publish a book, but you're talking about getting a book with a publisher, right? Um, I would say it's a bad goal because you don't control whether a publisher accepts your book. Your goal should be to submit a book, you know, to get the book written and then submit it to a bunch of, keep submitting it to publishers until such time somebody publishes the book, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once you once you send it off to the publishers, write another book, you know. <laughs> yeah. And event if you like, because if if you focus on the things you can control, like you can write the book, you can submit it places, you can keep submitting it and keep submitting it every time it's rejected. Mm-hmm. And my first book was rejected for three years straight, <laughs> and uh, every single rejection letter said, "We love this book. We're not going to publish it." <laughs> what? There's always a different reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the best ones was, we're sure somebody else will publish it. And I, I, <laughs> by this time, I was like three years in, I was like, I assure you nobody wants to publish this book. But then I didn't get to publish it for it. Mm-hmm. No. But, like, but by the time I got the publisher for the first book, I'd already written and got another contract for a second book. Yeah. So, and it's because I kept focusing on um, the things I could control. You know, like I could write it, I could submit it, I could start another one. Mm-hmm. So if that one didn't get accepted, you know, maybe this other one would. And, you know, and by the time I got the first book actually came out, I had written, by the time I got my first book came out, I had a second book under contract to come out, and I had written seven books, five of which never got published. Still what? sitting around. Actually, one was to be, yeah. <laughs> one was going to be published, and then we, I ended up pulling it because Why? me and a friend had co-written it, and the, the publisher had taken it. And then the publisher took this other book from just me, and then another publisher took his first book. So then they kind of like didn't want to have this co-written book coming out. Oh. So anyway, we just all kind of agreed it made more sense to pull that book. Right. If so, anyways, but like so again, that but that book never got published again, so that's still sitting around. So I've literally got f- at least five books, if not more. Um, I know I had five books written that I didn't publish before the first one got accepted. <laughs> that's normal too. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does that, but it's pretty normal. And that's the thing; like, that's not a failure. They're just you know, because yeah. I just, I did it. That's true. You know. It's just that's it's just the process. Mm. But like you say, people don't know what the process is. It's invisible, no. you know. Because yeah. you always hear about the big one. People lie and say, "Oh, you know," like I would be very like Murakami. Did you really just think about writing a novel at twenty nine and then you did it, and then you <laughs> won a big award and then you were a famous writer? Like, yeah. did it really go that way? Maybe. Maybe. But I would be surprised, you know. Yeah. He is a kind of, you know, he's also a weird <laughs> person who's kind of, I guess, realized all of a sudden one day he was the biggest writer in the world. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it doesn't happen too often. that would happen to you. Yeah. Well, it happens, but, you know, maybe. But it won't happen if you don't write anything. If you don't That's write a, true. a thing. True. That's why I always tell people to get their website going and just start putting stuff on your website. Because even if nobody's reading it, you're in the practice of doing it and mm-hmm. producing work. Because like you say, like, you know, it adds that up. Is being published? Yeah. So it can be good and bad in that sense. It's self-publishing technically, right? 
So it's bad in the sense of like you can't necessarily resell. Sometimes you can resell that stuff, but if it's already been published, there's certain. But most people don't want previously unpublished stuff, right? Yeah. But it's good in the sense that it's there. It is published. You can like show it to people. Like it's you know, it depends what your goal is for the piece. It doesn't feel like it counts because you it, didn't have to like. It depends who's counting. You didn't have to get anyone's approval. Yeah, but sometimes that's good. Sometimes yeah. people don't know what... But then, I don't know. It's, I think, like, to me, I think you should do all, you should be doing a combination of things. Like, if you want, not you specifically, but writers who want mm-hmm. to, like, who really, like, want to take it seriously, even if they don't want to do it full-time or anything, if they want to do it seriously and, like, really, you know, approach it like a professional would. I think you have to do a combination of things. Like you have to be publishing yourself, plus mm-hmm. you have to be publishing with other people, you know, and you have to be doing a lot of different types of things. Yeah. But, you know, you don't, you really only have to do the things that you think are, I think you also want to prioritize, like, what is the thing that you are best at and should and can do. Mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know that no. the other thing <laughs> you don't know that when you're young like you, you that's why i really think it's important to do a lot of stuff when you're young especially because one you need to practice doing stuff <laughs> two you need to um practice getting rejected three you need to get towards that acceptance you got to like kind of th- keep moving you know mm-hmm. but the other thing is like maybe you're really good at something you don't even you haven't even tried yet you know, you should write poems, you should write short stories, yeah. you should write, you know, all sorts of stuff. I used yeah. to, when I was at U of M, when you were in U of M, I went to the newspaper there, the free newspaper, or the student newspaper, and I decided to volunteer for them. And I ended up getting paid at one point to do, like, some stuff for them, but for initially I was just volunteering. Who pays you? Well, you could, they actually have jobs there, like, you know, you can get hired to be, like, a section editor mm-hmm. or something, yeah. You get, like, a small amount of money, but it is, like, a job. Mm. And then, like, there's, because, like, like the core jobs are paid a tiny amount, like, a little amount. So they're worth, like, and then, like, you also are volunteering as well. But my goal was, because I, I was, like, I was, my thing was always I want to just keep doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought I had the idea if I just keep doing a lot of things, some, some of them will pay off. And some of them won't, some of them will. It'll be, mm-hmm. like, it's like a lottery, you know, except you know you just want to have a lot of tickets yeah. right and so i walked in the, i remember walking in there and i was like i'm just gonna my goal is to write an article to publish in every section of this newspaper and i did and i did everything except for i didn't write a sports article but other than that <laughs> i did every i did an arts article a news article a music review a film review i did a cartoon once i drew a cartoon for them really? Yeah, I did the horoscopes. That's how I started doing high horoscopes. I drew, my cartoon was Maynard the Dog with Wheels. It was <laughs> it was about an evil. Yeah, I'll show it to you. I'll, I'll find the computer. It's man. It was it's like I was trying to do the most offensive comic I could humanly do. So it was about this evil dog and this boy named Timmy. And the first story was um, uh, um, they're really bad. So one was like. One was about how the dog had sex with his mother. Okay, I forget the precise words. One was about how, oh, how, oh, um, my favorite one was, um, it's like, hey, Maynard, uh, hey, Timmy, what are you up to? 
Or, hey, Maynard, look at this fun bell I got to play with. He's like, oh, Timmy's holding a bell. And Maynard goes, well, you know what they say, Timmy. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. So if you get hit in the face with a big pile of shit, that was an angel flying overhead, not me. And then Timmy would say, I hate you. As the, he said at the end of every comic, Timmy said, I hate you. It was the same three panels all the time. Yeah. And then my buddy at the time, Gareth... Uh, he or Garrett Garth. He hated. Um, he hated Garrett Van Winkle is his actual name, but everyone called him Garth. He hated my comics so much, like because it was so poorly drawn, that he like redrew it for me. And he actually became like he was connected to like a very famous, uh, you know, group of artists at one point, mm-hmm. the Royal Art Lodge. Marcel Zama came out of them. Did he rewrite everyone? Did he redraw? No, he redrew. Just he just did one redraw because I use the same panels all the time. I did two, and then one. The third one was too offensive to print. The last panel, I forget what it was. It was something about the Virgin Mary. There, anyway, but I did like you know a thing for everything. I did like these. I did a joke art gallery installation. I did all sorts of stuff. I didn't make much money from that, but eventually, like I did get a section editor job. I made some money on that, and, you know, and and more importantly, I got just practice at doing things. You know, and some of it pays off, some of it doesn't. It's tough when you're older. Like I'm now. Like I feel now that I'm older. You're not even old. I know, but I feel old compared to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even that old compared to you, really. Like if you look at the math of it. But, um, but I just now that I've done a lot of stuff and I feel a little like now I feel like the problem is I need to, to focus my efforts more and not do all this stuff, but just really be cutting. You know, what are the few things that are going to give me the most? Uh, return and you know whether it's money or just you know enjoyment um like what are the few things i need to really focus on mm-hmm. but when you're young i think there's a value in, like if you can figure that stuff out early it's great but you know when you're young you should just be doing things and seeing what you like and what you're good at you know yeah you know like you're really good at editing do you want to do a bunch of editing i don't know Okay. But like you're good at it, so you know it's nice <laughs> to know, I guess, whether you pursue it or not. It's good to just kind of get the idea, like that you're mm-hmm. good at this or that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's tough. There's no really easy answers. Unfortunately, no. No, especially in the art universe. But I do, you know. Well, one thing, the whole reason I do these like websites and I'm starting this podcast and stuff is because I was very frustrated, like you were, like you are, I guess. Um, I was very frustrated that like there was no answers. Mm-hmm. Everyone would talk about writing, especially, and like like this this mystical thing. It's like why can't you just explain it to me? Because it's art. But it's very explainable, like. That's the thing, like, the, I think the thing, I'm not the best writer on earth or anything like that, but I think what I'm very good at is, like, I can very analyze the thing and break it down That's and explain like, how it works. I don't know many other people that do that other than you. <laughs> I'm one of the only people that I've met really, that does it. You know, so it's... <laughs> like, not to toot my own horn, but... Mo- most people that write, they don't, they don't approach it mathematically. Yeah. Like you do. I was once talking to a buddy of mine. He he asked me. He's like, "Oh, how's the writing going? How's your novel going?" And I I was working on this novel, 
And I said, well, this is the problem that I'm encountering. And I started like breaking down, like, here's how it's been going. Here's like the thing that's going on well. Here's the thing that is not going well. Here's the problem I'm having. Here's a solution I'm going to implement to fix the problem. <laughs> I just started like explaining like yeah. my plan. And he like sat there and, and he's like, you know, dating a writer and, you know, knows all these writers. He's a writer himself. And he said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, that's the first time I ever asked somebody how their book was going. And they actually told me. <laughs> And I was, and again, like, I don't think I'm the best writer on earth necessarily, but, um, although, you know, I have my days, so I'm, you know, cockier than others, but I think what I'm very good at is like the, like, you know, I've got the PhD, I've got the very analytical approach to like, cause I, I unlike you, PhD. I never had a lot of talent. Well, unlike you, I don't have <laughs> the talent really. Like, so I had to really work at it and like, I had to really think through like, okay, I don't necessarily just know instinctively what to do here so yeah. i just had to think through what are the options you know and i trained myself very good at very well at that good. <laughs> yeah we're getting tired now i guess eh? oh. is it helpful when i help you with i mean obviously it's helpful yeah. sometimes but like do you ever get mad at me when i'm like <laughs> <laughs> not in life but like you know for like with the writing stuff depends yeah <laughs> Sometimes I just want to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to what I'm, how I'm telling you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to do anything. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the writing or with me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, you're a good sport. Well. I can always tell when you're getting annoyed. Just, Sometimes I'm I push. I'm so tired. It's like midnight. Oh, I'm not saying you're annoyed right now. Oh, I thought you were. No, I just get, but you know, I can always tell when you are getting annoyed with like the writing thing. But sometimes I just push on it anyway, because I don't mind. I don't like when you get mad, but I don't mind annoyed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you, Jesse. You've been a good You're guest. You're welcome. Yeah, any last minute Hello, questions? Fans. Hello, fans, yeah. Um, Jesse's got a lot of fans. Every time I post, I always say that Jesse has more fans than I do. Yeah, but they were your fans first. <laughs> but they still like you better. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sweetheart. You're welcome. Any last thoughts for the the world of um, the podcast realm? No, not really. No? I'll let you know if I think of any. What's your advice to writers? What's your best writing <laughs> advice? Um, I don't know. Just do it. Just do it. Nike. <laughs> Nike is it's no, cliche, I but it's true. Don't don't second guess yourself. It's always better the first time. I I don't believe that personally, but I think there's a real value in it. I do. I think it really helps to get out of your I head. I mean, not all just, the time, but I think. I think when you're in the mode time. of writing. Yeah. That's that's the most important thing is to not second guess yourself. Later on, yeah, like, when it's second guessing time. Trust your gut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just, I don't just, really have good advice. Go. Well. I don't really know much. <laughs> what do you most want to learn? If... Uh... Don't know. Don't even know. Just like. Basically, just what we've been talking about. Yeah. Has it been I just helpful? want to learn to be more disciplined. That's the hardest bit. thing. 
Yeah. I like I say, I, I always I think it's the important thing is to start small. Mm-hmm. And just in, like, you know, I mean, I always push on schedule. But however people sometimes people do quotas, like they're gonna do hundred words every day or whatever it yeah. is. But like whatever it is, people, you know, don't bite off too much to start with, you know. Like start small. And they wanna learn more words. Vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. I'm bad at vocabulary, I gotta admit. I'm not a very, I don't have a very large vocabulary, which is funny. I don't do well in crosswords. I don't do, uh, you know, I can't do Scrabble. I suck at Scrabble. Yeah. Now we're really off topic. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> well, good night, sweetheart. Good night. So thanks so much uh, for listening, and thank you to Jesse. Uh, thank you, sweetheart, for being my uh, wonderful guest. Um, I'll, you know, hound her to be on here again if at all possible and uh yeah hope you enjoyed that despite our exhaustion level and sort of general you know should be asleep instead or recording a podcast this we want to do what i always tell jesse to do which you know she still hasn't really done but you know one of these days she'll see the wisdom of her dad's ways uh and get a writing schedule going uh, go to jonathanball.com slash schedule. That's jonathanball.com slash schedule. Uh, you can get all sorts of information about why you should have a writing schedule. Uh, and also my most popular article of all time uh, is, you know, at that link. Uh, and also you can sign up to my newsletter and as a free sort of gift to you, I'll give you a little ebook that tells you very briefly, but, you know, in a lot of depth, how you can both create and maintain a writing schedule. Because I really do find the hardest thing for writing schedules maintaining it. I have a hard time with it. You know, my life changes all the time. Uh, it's difficult, but you know, I've got a system and it works, and it will work for you, uh, whatever your situation. You know, whether it's more or less complicated than mine, uh, you can get your writing done. You can do great work. Uh, first, you have to do some bad work. You know, like I keep telling people, you got to be willing to fail, and you got to be willing to just do it. Um, and you, you know, get going, get that writing done. Uh, com slash schedule, give you the scoop. Uh, thanks again to Jesse. Um, and thank you to you for listening. Have a great week and keep writing the wrong way. Yeah.